Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, today we're going to give you a snippet into a South Korean startup that could rival Nvidia in the race to provide high end AI chips, but not without first providing some context about the AI chip production landscape. Now, currently, Nvidia dominates the AI computing market, with analysts predicting a market share of between 80 and 95%. Now, Nvidia provides、uh, what it calls graphic. Processors known as GPUs for users to run AI applications due to its computing power. Now, here's the thing: GPUs were initially made for 3D gaming. They are not optimized for specific AI functions, which means that it can be costly and less efficient to train and run AI models using Nvidia's GPU. And that also opens up an opportunity for industry players to manufacture chips that cater to the boom in AI and perhaps for a specific use case. Take for example, chips made specifically for the use of AI in the finance industry. And that's exactly what our guest for today, Rebellions Incorporated, is relying on to get a slice of that AI pie. The company had in February created an AI chip set to excel at running computer vision and chatbot AI applications and consume just about. 20% of the power of an Nvidia A100 chip. So, what opportunities lie ahead of the firm, and also what are some expansion plans for the firm, which is backed by KT and Singapore's Temasek Pavilion Capital? Well, for more, let's speak to Kyung Jae Lee, Business Development Lead at Rebellions Incorporated. Well, Jay, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me here. Great to have you on board, and I guess we have quite a lot of technical bits to go through. But appreciate if you could take us through the current gap in the AI chip making industry and your value proposition as a chip manufacturer. Yeah, sure, absolutely.、Uh, so, Rebellions,、uh, we empower market leaders to stay ahead of competition using our cutting edge AI stack, and I think the backbone of that is our highly optimized and really efficient hardware and software solution co-optimized together. And so, if you look at the industry overall, I think there is. You know what Nvidia has dominated over the last you know several years, but、um, if you look at AI workload, that needs a more specific, focused,、um, dedicated hardware and software solution. So I think that's where we、uh, come in.、Mm. And let's take a look at your product offerings, Ajay. I understand the Rebellions launched an AI chip called the Atom in February, and this is an AI chip that is specifically designed to excel at running computer vision and chatbot AI. Um, I believe the company also worked with TSMC on a chip for the finance industry to improve trading speeds. Tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. So I think our main sort of market focus right now is twofold. One is looking at、um, sort of I guess、um, these niche niche markets where you have like very tough、um, high performance requirements, and that is like the finance sector, which has a very、um, critical latency requirement. So you have to have a very super fast、um, processor. But then there's also、um, other markets like data centers, which require a much more broader coverage because the data centers you have to be able to serve vision applications, language applications, all sorts of applications. And so these two markets sort of serve a different type of、um, they have different demands.、Um, but I think overall the backbone or the core of that is, is the same sort of AI compute engine. And I think we've been trying to develop、um, solutions that can sort of serve both markets and. Um, the first chip that you just mentioned, which we taped out with using TSMC's process, was、um, targeted for the finance sector,、um, having a very critical,、um, very super fast、um, processor, able to do、um, a lot of like market analysis, market transitions, market trading.、Um, 
But also like building on that, we, d- we decided that we needed a much more broader or much more larger product, which was able to serve a broader um, audience. And that perfectly fits in with um, data center applications. And so we were able to build on the, on the, the same technology, but expand it, make it a little bigger, um, but yet also optimize it to be power efficient as well. And we've been able to ship that um, into um, data centers. And Jay, don't mind me asking, um, what kind of cost savings are we looking at for customers compared with using uh, chips from NVIDIA per se? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's a good question. Um, so um, especially for data centers, um, um, the total the total cost of ownership, if you look at it, um, a lot of it goes into not just the, the acquiring of these products, but also the operational costs of running these data centers and because they're, they use, consume a lot of energy to be able to run these tasks. And so with our products, um, that potentially gives customers, um, depending on the workload, anyway, up to like two to or six, even six X's in some cases of um, energy energy savings. And over over the long haul, that adds up to a lot of, um, of cost savings. Right. And uh, Jay, let's talk a little bit more about the industry landscape right now. Who would you define as your competitors aside from uh, NVIDIA? And the question is really, what is stopping a player like NVIDIA from making their own uh, so-called function-specific AI chips, if you will? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so obviously NVIDIA is, is the big one. Um, and they've been able to have a very successful product line over many years. But I think if you look at their product lines, they have, um, they're very focused on a broad range of applications, not just AI, which includes graphic processing as well. And so I think that puts them into a category where um, that they have to be able to serve a much much broader range of um, computation workloads. And so um, they're clearly still the, the leading company in this market. But if you break down the market, um, there's a part of AI training and there's also part of AI inferencing. So AI inferencing is more geared towards just servicing um, optimized solutions out. And so I think in this space, um, there's a lot of new um, uprising companies in the space. Um, Grok is one of them. There's other... Uh, companies in this space as well, a couple other in Korea as well. And I think um, these companies have um, can optimize at a different target point, providing much more energy efficient, but also cost effective solutions. Mm. And what would you say is your industry position against these uh, smaller players then? Because the AI workloads that um, is required, uh, there's there's quite a wide range of applications, which also means that there's a wide range of different um, optimization points or target points for these products. And so um, this is already becoming a very crowded market with many players, but I think there's plenty of fish in the ocean, so to speak. And so um, uh, number one is choosing the right applications, choosing the right markets, that's one thing. But also um, the way we, we, we differentiate with other companies is really by pushing the limits of hardware because um, some companies will focus more on software optimization. Others will, will try to have a different balance of that. But we try to really push the limit of hardware, drive the um, innovation from bottom up, but also have a balanced hardware and software co-optimization. And I like how you mentioned it, there is enough fish in that ocean. Uh, so let's talk about your business model, Rebellion's business model, Jay. I know you work on a, mostly a B2B model as, as with all the other chip makers, but more specifically, do you sell AI chips piecemeal like AMD where customers can pick and choose the chips they want to power the systems? Or do you sell AI chips by offering an entire computing system, say the DGX Cloud by NVIDIA? Yeah, so we sort of um, do the latter. Um, and I think this kind of depends on market conditions, um, customers, and also your positioning in the industry. But I think for the current focus is, is the latter. And I think to do what we actually envision to do, 
Um, this almost necessitates that you go to a full stack solution, providing everything from bottom up because the workload has to be, the computation has to be optimized at different levels. And to the only way to really effectively do that is to do everything, package everything together in a complete form. All right, and Kyungji, uh, let's uh, look at your customers, right? And your geographical footprint, which is the most important business vertical for you, say AI chips or finance or data centers, you mentioned a couple of times. Also, which is the most important geographical market? Yeah, that, that's another really good question. I think, um, like I alluded to earlier, I think the ocean's large. There's, there's plenty of fish out there. And I think um, you really have to expand globally. Um, and to do that, obviously, the U.S. market is always um, a premier market because of not just only is its size, but also because of the, techno- the te- technological leadership that um, the U.S. market has. So you have to look at the U.S. market is, is a big one. Um, Europe also has a big um, offering there as well. Um, but I think given our current size of the company and also our position right now, I think um, the Asian market is also very attractive to us right now. And so we've been focusing mostly um, within Asia right now, mostly um, predominantly in Korea, but also looking at other opportunities within Asia as well. And I think um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, the finance sector and the data centers, those are those are big um, markets right now. And there's there's really plenty of um, sub um, applications, even within these markets that we can target. Mm. Mm. Um, would you be able to take us through your customer base or your clientele at this point in time? Um, yeah, I can't really go too much in detail on that, but I think... Uh, Obviously, we have a very strong partnership with Korea Telecom, um, but we also have um, also investment and also um, ongoing relationship with Kakao as well. And I think if you look at the Korean market, um, having these two on board is very big because that pretty much covers a very large chunk of the AI computation workload within Korea. So that's a huge chunk. But then there's also other um, um, offerings from different companies outside of Korea as well, but also even within, within Korea, the government also has a huge drive for um, having mm. AI products in their lineup. Mm, I'm sure. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Kyung Jae Lee, Business Development Lead at Rebellions Incorporated. And, uh, well, Jay, I recall just now we were just talking about your geographical footprint and Rebellions Incorporated is based in Seoul. To what extent has that decision got to do with the momentum of the silicon business sort of shifting back to Asia? How does that influence your future expansion plans as far as geographical markets are concerned? Yeah, so um, geographics actually matters a lot, I think. And it's becoming more important uh, in recent years because of, of all the geopolitical um, things going on. Um, but the Korea market is actually very unique in that there's really only um, a few markets that have everything, meaning it has a concentrated ecosystem to build these products, ship them out, um, do all the testing and everything, but then also has a talent pool to actually um, keep designing these amazing products. And Korea is one of the few markets that has actually has both. And so um, when our founders were looking for, um, they, they were looking to start the company, um, Korea was just a natural choice that came up. Mm. Okay. And from market presence, Jay, let's move on to look at the list of investors backing Rebellion. You've secured investments from the likes of Mirai Asset Ventures, KT Investment, which is the VC arm of a KT Corporation or what we formerly know as Korea Telecom. We have Singapore's Temasek Pavilion Capital. Tell us more about the strategic value that this group of investors provide. Also, you are working with KT on data centers. Tell us more about that too. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so um, that list of um, investors was very strategically um, put together. And I think that our um, the leadership team did a great job um, trying to have Two things. One was 
um, how can we have investors or strategic partners that can really um, enhance our sort of market position? And number two, can we have like a global presence? And I think those two were key factors in putting um, the group of investors together. And I think um, we were very happy and very fortunate to have uh, these members come on board. Um, with Obviously, with um, Korea Telecom and Kakao um, on board, that really creates um, not just um, um, just funding, but also like really um, a lot of business insight into how they operate, how their data centers operate, and the different markets that they have exposure to. And so having them on board and giving them in, giving um, having a lot of conversations back and forth about uh, how the market is shaping up because this is a very fast-paced market and you have to really be able to adapt very quickly. And so having that sort of um, coverage and, and um, exposure is, is very key to us. And just uh, before we let you go, Jay, what are some future plans for rebellions? What can we expect here in Singapore, uh, both in terms of funding and also um, since you're working with Korean Telecom, any possible partnerships with Singtel and the data center space here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're excited about um, expanding into um, different countries within Asia. And I think Singapore is definitely at the top of the list there. And so um, I know we've had different conversations on and off with different partners here. And obviously, Singtel would be, you know, would be great working opportunity for us. Um, I think overall, um, it's we've been able to raise um, a lot of capital like even last year before the market started to go, go, go south. But to really keep our edge, you have to be able to keep moving fast um, in this market. And so um, we do have, we are considering raising more capital to keep our edge, um, but also looking at um, just really, like I said, um, broadening that um, coverage to, to look at other investments outside of Korea as well. And obviously having Temasek Pavilion on board is, is a huge plus for us, but we'd, we'd also be interested in and welcome even more investment opportunities or strategic opportunities like that with Singtel um, in Singapore as well. Right. Exciting days indeed. And keep us updated, Jay. Uh, that was uh, Kyung Jae Lee, Business Development Lead at Rebellions Incorporated. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you very much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.